welcome in to the Storm Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Braden, and I'm joined, as always, by that luscious pineapple down south. It is warm down there today, as it is up here in the northern end of the country. And uh, we're going to be talking about a little football today and uh, what's going on over in the international competition of the Euros for 2020. Yes, it did get postponed due to COVID, but it is back in all its glory. And we're going to give it a little... uh, well, recap and preview of what to expect and how to, where to watch it and so on and so forth. But before we do get into all of that, as we all know, first things first, Alan, how are we doing today? I'm doing better now. Um, feeling good to be back after celebrating one year of marriage. There's nothing better than that. And then the fact that I got sick Wednesday night, that killed it. But I'm feeling better, breathing again. Uh, my wife has also been getting sick, but she's battling. She's doing better as well. I think it's that time of season for us here in Texas where everybody's getting sick. Thanks to the cold outbreak that did not happen during the winter. That normally happens, but now it's in the summer. But we're recuperating. We're doing, we're doing great. I'm doing great. Just moving forward each day. Yeah, that's good to hear. Congrats on that one year of marriage. That's awesome. Uh, I remember when, you know, I was there at your wedding, so it's kind of cool to remember that was a year ago. (laughs) Yes, it was a miracle how that happened. It really was. And, uh, yeah, now I'm sitting here in uh, the apartment that I share with my wife, and life is really happy for the both of us. So, you know, we, (laughs) we couldn't be asking for more. But yeah, I don't know how much of the games you've been watching, Alan, but I've been enjoying a lot of, well, soccer, baseball, some of the hockey playoffs. I haven't watched a whole lot recently. Uh, Maybe we get into that in this episode, maybe another one. We'll see how this goes. But yeah, I've been doing pretty good, struggling in a couple classes, but you know, that that is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, battling the same, but when you're battling... And doing everything you can at the end it will show itself so just all, all you can do is try do and and work i mean that's all we can do right it's keep moving forward yes so uh yeah so uh in this video today you might people might be wondering i have upgraded some of my equipment here so i've attached a sound absorption to uh my microphone to kind of help with the when I do solo stuff for uh, our YouTube side of things, uh, this will make the sound hopefully a little better. So, but just in case someone turns into the video and wonders what the crap I got on my microphone here and why it looks different, that's what's going on. (laughs) But uh, Alan, let's get into the Euros. Man, is it exciting or what? Yes, it's been very exciting. Uh, It's been Back, I would say let's start with glad it's back. Glad it's that it's happening. Uh, I know you mentioned that we didn't have it through the COVID, and the question was going to be about the scheduling, who was going to do what. But now Europe is starting to catch up. Now they're starting to just a little, starting to open up little by little, and and really like it is. It is glad when you see another continent moving forward is 
It's just tremendous. It really is. And it's amazing that we can even have this competition again. I think a lot of us were understandably disappointed last year when, uh, though we understood, but we were, you know, all disappointed when the championship couldn't be held. And, you know, that that's sad for a variety of reasons for all of us, you know, but it's nice to see that we're able to come back to it all and once again just enjoy the UEFA tournament. Yeah, I do agree with that. It's it's exciting again. It's new op- opportunities for teams to redeem themselves, to get back on track, and to really showcase what what they can do. Because a lot of these teams, they they want to prove that we are like we're the best. We we want to show what we can do. And even for some, it's an audition for what's to happen in the future. Because a lot of it has happened where players will play this tournament we never heard of, and they become heroes for their mm-hmm. countries. And this only for some will catapult them to bigger, better things. to be in bigger clubs and also to gain confidence to get the goal of qualifying to the world cup. Yeah. And a lot of teams will have either already qualified or in the process of it. And this is just a way to ensure that they're able to make, make it to the world's greatest stage in soccer of the world cup. And I think, you know, a lot of Americans, when it comes to the game of soccer, they tend not to um, care as much, uh, mostly just because it's not as popular here. But when there comes to an international stage, a lot of Americans tune in for whatever reason. And I think that's one of the best parts about this inter- in any international competition is you get more eyes on the sport, which allows it to grow and continue to make new fans and that's what we're all wanting with these sports right is we want new fans to come in and enjoy the games that we all love yes i i do agree with that hopefully in the future we will we will talk about that u.s soccer and why they love the international stage and what will it take to get there but yeah it's a, it's an opportunity for new fans to tune in like for new fans to really catch the wave the soccer wave and be like okay why can't, why not us? Why not? If they can do it, why not us? And that's a great opportunity, not just in soccer, but also any sport that has an international stage. It gives you an opportunity to see players that, that you normally see, but then you're like, oh, wow, I did not know he can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not know that they do this or that. That changes the complexity of of a team it changes the complexity of a player and then it also you see how a nation embraces the team and their identity yeah and i think what's really cool about it all for me right is how a nation rallies behind it right um i think it's really cool to see the stadiums uh that are going on and when they're obviously they're limited capacity due to 
COVID still, we want to make sure people are safe. We want to ensure that everyone's healthy, but we also want people at these games, right? And what I think is amazing is just how they have been able to not only ensure fans are there, but we get to see the fans, as you said, totally rally behind all of these people and these nations and our favorite athletes. Like we get to see Ronaldo on a bigger stage. Once again, he loves international play. And I don't know if you saw the highlight, but he scored an amazing goal that only he has, is really ever known for. Yes. I did see that. And it's stuff like that, that we just get to see now. And so I thought it'd be really cool. So what I'm trying to do here is let's see if I can make this bigger. Um, no. Yeah. Well, I fixed this real quick. Uh, um, Alan, let's talk a lot about, let's continue this, uh, talk that we got going on here. Um, when it comes to, When it comes to international play, what are things that you look forward to in this kind of event? Well, when it comes to this event, I've been watching this since 2004. That was my first Euro that I got to see on TV. And what I always look for, I w- like obviously, you got to have the stars mm. for their national team. They're, they are a must. And... And really, that's why you tune in, the stars. But also at the end, I look for the teams. Like, who is in it? What, How they're going to play it? I look at the groups they're going to play in. Are they, the, you could say for some, oh, easy, they're going to pass. Or you will have groups pretty much like every time where it's like, I don't know who's going to win that group. It's tough. The group of death. Uh-huh. You always have those, always. And that's what I look for in these games. In the, I look for who's going to shine. I look for who will bring the best. I look for what teams, who are gonna, how they're going to be playing. I also even, I look for teams, and, and this has happened since 08, where I'm like, Maybe they're going to be that underdog. They're, they're going to be that team that's going to surprise people and make a deep run. And those are the ones that they you don't see right away. You probably start seeing them once you get to the knockout stage. And that really opens things up for teams. So those are the things that I look for when it comes to the Euros. Yeah, and I think... You know, just like this year was my first Champions League. This is my first Euro. Um, I've watched a World Cup before and I loved it. I think it's amazing. I remember uh, coming back, getting into the World Cup with you and my roommates at the time and just enjoying getting up early, watching those games, seeing the group stages. And then I had the chance to go to Sweden right when they made, I want to say it was around a 16, they entered into the rock out, knockout stages. Yes, they did. And they wait, 
beat Switzerland, get to the round of eight where they lose to England. And it was interesting to me, and this kind of follows along this talk that we're going through, is just how people in the city I was at reacted to their loss. It was a very intense, and people were sad. Um, yeah, there were people who were drunk, but granted, one of the only open food places in the city was a sports bar, so you know, I'll take that as you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people were drunk, people were sad singing you know trying to do anything to get their spirits up and i was like as a sports fan that's something i can relate to is the pain of an intense loss like that and that only comes in games that really mean a lot to the fan base to the team and in the case of international play to the country in sweden hadn't won the world hasn't won the world cup in quite a while and so the fact that they made it to the knockout stages again was really exciting for the team. Yeah, I definitely do agree that you see that in every soccer nation. Um, it, it, it just shows how crazy it can get. And if you really follow it, you, it, you could go either way where you're like, yeah, you do cry or you're angry because mm. certain things did not play your the way it should have been. So like it's going to happen again this time. And, and it just shows what sports does. Like it brings the reality of sports. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the cool things of sports that we hardly talk about sometimes is just the impact on lives it has. And as we kind of get into this part, I'm going to share this picture that kind of got previewed earlier. And these are all the soccer state or the, the stadiums that are in use for uh, the Euro cup right now. And they're all over the place. In fact, um, two are in the, are in uh, or one's in the UK in Scotland with Glasgow ones in Dublin, London. Um, we have them all over Europe. And I think that's the exciting part is we get to see different stadiums from all over the country or the region of Europe. Um, Europe's not a country, forgive my speech there, but it's a, it's a continent. So we get to see it all over the continent. And we even get to see the one in Russia. And based on the shape, I'm pretty sure that's the one I was in when I went to a soccer game in Russia. Yeah, it is amazing. And I'm glad they made it this this year, hosting multiple countries. Like, it just shows how much unity there is in Europe. And that, that is perfect. I couldn't ask for anything more when you have different countries. Obviously, if it wasn't COVID, we probably would be there already, exploring the different stadiums, different countries, trying different cultures. But that will happen sometime. Once everyone in Europe is vaccinated and get their act together, which they're starting to, but really it just shows there's, there is diversity in Europe. There is different, a mix of everything in Europe. And that is the beauty of, of even these games. You see different styles, different stadiums, different people, but you get to see it and, and embrace that. 
Mm-hmm. And here's like different photos of these stadiums. And I don't know. The thing that stands out to me is we get to see, even in the stadiums, we get to see the preview of the culture of that area, right? Like the Roman stadium that we can see here. I don't know if I can highlight it or not. Oh, Stadio Olimpico. Yeah, it looks like the Roman Coliseum. Um, you know, it's like uh, the Copenhagen one. I've been to Copenhagen. It looks very, co- it looks a part of the city. Um, so it, it's just interesting to me as when we look at stadiums, just the imagery that they can use to impart the culture that they're a part of. And I think that's amazing. And I think that's one of the best parts. Like with the World Cup, obviously you can't go all over the world for different these different games because that'd be way too much travel, way too much money. Um, you'd actually be losing money and the time zones and effect on the players would be terrible. But so what the host country, you get to see all over that host country, like with your, Russia, we got to see all over Russia from Moscow to Sochi to St. Petersburg. We got to see everywhere. And that was exciting. Like with mm-hmm. Qatar, it's going to be similar for next year's World Cup and then so on and so forth. Yes, I do agree with that. Like you see different aspects. You, you get to know know things and that is like what the world does and that's beautiful to see like you know these things you get curiosity that that at sometimes you even plan like you know what let's take a trip down there see see it for ourselves and that's the beauty of 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 traveling when you see that like that's what sports does it's not just represents oh competition Mm -hmm. but also represents culture and this is why we do this because we we have a passion for sports, but we also have a passion for culture. And when you combine that, then you just expand your your knowledge. You you expand your horizons, which is great. It really is, and I think that's the best part. Is a lot of times people mm-hmm. who are just sports fans don't understand that sports really reflect what's going on culturally politically spiritually sometimes like what's going on and the world cup or not the world cup sorry the this euro cup the battle of europe if you will is reflecting the world's coming back international play is back um and that's the best part because we're all getting ready for the olympics we're all which is soon we're going to preview those as soon as we learn the events and the teams and who's going for which event. We'll preview our favorite events. Better believe we'll talk some baseball, <laughs> but we'll also talk soccer. Basketball is going to be a part of it. So it's going to be amazing for our Olympic coverage, um, which will start next month. But going back to the topic at hand, sports really reflects culture. We can see it once again, if I pull up, the photo right we can see it right in the roman stadium here it looks like the roman coliseum um when you think of budapest i would imagine this what for those who in that area or have been to that area looking at this little graphic of the stadium will would represent budapest um st petersburg represents russia in a lot of ways 
um, and what they're trying to do there. The Munich Stadium, Amsterdam. Uh, I want to guess Bilbao. Bilbao, yes. Yeah. You said it right. Uh, Baku, you know, the Dublin Stadium reflects Irish culture, Glasgow, Scot- Scottish, London with the London Arch kind of implemented. That's, yeah, that's Wembley, actually. So it's it's interesting how it's just a building for to a lot of people. It's just a, the pitch, but how it reflects a culture uh, that has been there for millennia is really exciting. In fact, I'd love to go into a course and learn all about that myself. That that just would be fun. Yeah. Um, but sports do reflect cultures in so many ways, and the Euro Cup is a chance to see these different cultures. Yes, I do approve of that. Absolutely. It is. It is. But, uh, Alan, what teams do you root for in the Euro Cup? Obviously, you know, if Mexico was part of Europe, you'd be rooting for Mexico. Being Mexican yourself, uh, (laughs) obviously, you know, there's heritage to that country, right? So what teams do you root for in the Euro Cup? Or do you just root for the Stars? There's two that I always – I like – um, they're not in order, but number one, um, I cheer for Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're part of it because heritage, part of it. Mm-hmm. But number two is like their the play, their style of play, like the tiki taka, the possession of of the ball, which is huge. Like they they've gotten that from the Netherlands back in the day, and that has transformed them to winning back-to-back Euros and the World Cup in South Africa 2010. But this year, Spain is looking a little bit different. And if you look at the roster, Braden, you will be surprised how many players are from Real Madrid or Barcelona. Pretty much, I com- and correct me if I'm wrong, I- there's not a lot. Especially Real Madrid, they have none. Mm. None. And Barcelona probably like three or four. So like this year's Euro is a little bit different for them, but also it's also great because now you see Spanish players, not just doing well in La Liga, but also for instance, the captain of like one of the players, uh, Cesar Aspilicueta, he's the captain for Chelsea doing well in the premier league. You got guys like that who are going out of Spain and flourishing in what's the Premier League, the Bundesliga, Serie A. Like, that's what I really see. Like, you know what? Like, this is good as well. Thriving in other places. So Spain is one of those teams that I always root for. I love how they play. Like, they're looking to be offensive and keeping the ball for to create opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that's Spain's uh, trademark, if you will, is the possession. Uh, watching the Spain-Swedish match, that was the one thing they mentioned all the time. Uh, Sweden ended up getting almost getting a goal in that game due to a very, you know, off- like a dangerous offensive possession. But the defense of Spain is also amazing to watch and see what they can do as well. But, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so Spain, to me, it's – one of those teams I always root for, along with France. I've always been a fan of those guys uh, since the days of 
Zinedine Zidane, Thierry Henry, uh, what's this other's book? What's this guy's? Uh, Lillian Turam, David Trezeguet. The list goes on. And this year's French team loaded. I think what I truly do believe that there are the favorites to lift the Euro Cup. Uh, they're hungry. I'll tell you that about France. They, what happened to them in 2016, where they lost at home soil the Euro final to Portugal without Cristiano, who got injured in the first half. Like it was, I saw that game and they look hungry this year, France. How not, and then especially seeing Kylian Mbappe again mm. in action. He, the first game didn't score, but his impact is there. His quickness, like, what do you think Germany, when, when they played Germany, they had to go back against them because speed, speed kills. Speed kills. And then you add the presence of Karim Benzema, who has not played in the national team since 2015. His presence alone makes France better. And then Nagolo Kante, the Champions League winner from Chelsea, he is everywhere. So France, they're loaded, they're deep. I always like their that style, like so diverse as well with France. Like they've always been a very diverse team, which I really do enjoy out of that. Mm -hmm. And and I do that's why I like France and Spain. Those two teams have been my favorites, and I always get excited when those two play. Always. Fair enough. I mean, I love watching Mbappe play. There's something about his style of play that's infectious to watch. Um, I think for myself this year, uh, I always root for Sweden. I lived there for a couple years. Uh, ancestry from there. So, like, some, some ties there. Uh, a lot of friends in that in their country. So, just, you know, love that. Their, their game, their goaltender is amazing. Um in fact, they're winning Group E right now. So they're on top of that with their win against Slovakia earlier this morning, uh, American time. So that's awesome. And then the other country that I, I tend to root for now because of my wife's family is Italy. And uh, just that their, that country and their style of play is amazing to watch as well. Uh, they're sitting atop Group A right now. So Yes, the Italian style day. They're always a team, when I look at Italy, and that I don't know if you know about this, but they're always a team that they are they can just take away mm -hmm. anything. Like, oh, your strength is this, we're gonna take it away. And that's why Italy, they've they've done well in these like in any tournaments. Probably like they probably have they I'm trying to see if I can remember that. They haven't won this tournament in a while, but in tournaments like this, Italy, they just are known for that. They take away something on the defense, and they have to you have to adjust on the fly, or else it's gonna be a long day. And that's where I'm I'm just like, okay, how can we counteract counteract that with Italy? And and then what helps us like at times I, I felt with them. They, they only score one. They're not like, oh, let's go for more, more, more. I, but I think that's their style, and it shows it. Like with Italy, they 
they get what they want and let's and let's defend that and i think that's now you could say for some it's uh boring but for italians they'll be like no that's just our style we're gonna go with it and and move on mm-hmm. and i think that's what's exciting right is seeing these games and you know like we there was a major scare with the danish team which we'll talk oh, about yes. there in a couple christian erickson yeah we'll talk about him in a second but it's amazing to watch just how they play and how how it all works yep absolutely So, uh, but yeah, so I thought it's interesting, you know, Scotland made the tournament, but so did Wales. And I don't know much about the Welsh team or the Welsh region, Alan. Uh, Do you know anything about the Welsh team that's in? Well, the Welsh team, like you have Gareth Bale, Real Madrid, a heck of a player. And Ramsey, uh, he used to play for Juventus. I don't know where he plays now. But those two, they make Wales a heck of a team. And they actually were a shocker. Wales in 2016, making it to the semifinals of the Euros, losing to Portugal 1-0, which was a heck of a game, close game. And I think they can do it again. Like, I've, I've thought about, okay, which team is going to make that deep run that we have not talked about? And Wales can do it. I... Uh, they do have the, the nucleus to do it, the personnel. It's just a matter of getting through this group and make some noise. But they've done it before. Going all the way to the semifinals, why not do it again? Mm-hmm. And if, if they can do it before, it's going to be amazing to see what they can do in this, this year. Yeah, I and, do agree. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I think it'll be fun to watch. Uh, just how Denmark rallies behind Christian uh, Eriksson and just how they they rally behind him. Obviously, you know, that major scare with him just collapsing on the field. Um, quick work thinking by that one player starting at the heart compressions. And then once medical professionals got there, got his team to shield him from the cameras. So cameras couldn't see anything. Um, lighting wouldn't be on him so like the images wouldn't be everywhere and then the man went over to his teammate's wife and consoled her which who was obviously distressed in that moment so like overall very scary moment in the euros yeah it was very scary um it was how would i describe it 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 was a tough moment it it really was um just to to really like, like you feel for the man, like you feel, cause he's, he's a heck of a player. Like he, he's played in big clubs. He has been in big games and, and really seeing that, seeing that was like, like you're hu- Like it became human to really uh, feel compassion mm-hmm. and, and really, like, once he was able to move and hearing 
what he went, what he, what he, what he said, he, he almost died. Mm-hmm. Like they said that, his heart stopped. Yeah. Yes. His heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really shows like, like life is, there's more to life out there. And even though if it's the last time we see him play, like we're all Christian Erickson. Like we're all supporting him and that he does well. If he does come back and play, then it will be wonderful, a miracle. But even if he doesn't, my my message is to really embrace life, embrace every opportunity, embrace every moment, because you're not going to get these moments ever again. You only have it once. Embrace it. Make time for that. And, and you're going to see there's a lot of things that, that are important than just whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you just, when you do that, it just makes life easier and better. And our prayers are still with him. Here at Pineapple 22 Media, we will continue to pray for him that he does well and and that he can recover well. No matter what he does, if he comes back and plays, great and wonderful. But if he doesn't and still becomes a great father and husband, that that is awesome, mm. perfect. As long as he continues to live his life, doing what he loves and becoming who he wants to become and that that's just where my mind turned into and that's all we ask that's all we ask as humans just to be better to be who you want to be and not let others tell you who to be exactly and i think in moments like this sports gets transcended right um yes sports are awesome they're for a lot of us they're important to our lives. Um, they're part of our lives here at Pineapple 22 Media, but there's there's moments like this where you really need to take a step back and realize there are some things more important. Um, and this is one of them. Life is really important. It can provide everything you ever need. And when you see some, like, I don't know if he's someone's favorite player that or something, to one of our listeners, but even if he is or not, this is a very human moment and a moment that we as humanity need, need to realize and back him up on. So, yeah, I couldn't have said anything more than that. Alan, you covered everything I wish I would, I could have said. So um, we'll just keep going from there, but uh, there's no easy transition, but it, it'll be interesting to see if Denmark can start pulling out some wins to advance at least to the next round of 16 and get out of group stages. But uh, it's not looking good for that team right now. Yeah, uh, obviously they just got so. eliminated from their group. So there's no, there's no chance for them to move up. But look, it doesn't matter. The fact that this, they still played without him in, after the whole thing, I get it. There were people mad. Oh, that they should have not played immediately. But for Denmark, I do applaud them. Like I, we, I will defend them, saying, "Hey, 
if they felt they wanted to play because they wanted to do it for their teammate, I'm all up for it. Mm-hmm. I'm all up for it. Like if they would have said, Hey, um, it's better if not, I would have been like, okay, like no big deal. You get both um, sides of that argument. That's there's, I could agree, but also if they want to play for the teammate, I'm all up for it. Like I'll, I will defend you right away because what they did was right. The team deciding we're going to continue playing. And though they lost, but to me, they gained respect. They gained um, what I called, um, they gained a lot of honor. They gained a lot of fans and shown a lot. They, they started to become more of a team. And heck, no matter what happens to them, they're going to be the team that were known for sticking with one another. And this will be a lesson, I think, to all teams. Like, this is, this is big. And no ma- even though we're not going to see Denmark progress, to me, they already progressed in, as a team. And this will only help their nation in whatever, in whatever Denmark does in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's rough to see the team get eliminated. But the fact that they're playing is uh, the best thing ever and in, in, despite these circumstances so um you know swedish Dan- danish rivalry aside like that's that's awesome so yes um but yeah uh no easy transition into a next topic but um we'll easily stay with us everybody as we continue to cover the euros moving on from to into round of 16 uh round of a semifinals and the finals we'll We'll have you covered here. Um, we're watching a lot of the, as many of the games as time for us allows, both being yes. in final semesters of college. Sometimes time is limited, among with all the other sports we have to watch. Uh, we watch a lot of sports. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and shows and all these things. So. Yeah, it is. You can say, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's great to watch a lot of sports, but also it's like you have a lot to digest. Like I've had people tell me like, oh, you, that's an interesting an interesting job. What can I do? I want to watch a lot of sports, but mentally it does get you just because it's like, Oh, I have to get a report on this. Oh, I have to figure out what happened here, this and that. And, and it's a lot mentally, but at the end of the day, (laughs) you just, when you just embrace it, you just embrace it and move forward. So, so yeah, we will continue to cover, cover that as, as group stages will will end by next week, and we will we will get to the round of sixteen and discuss who will who will make a run and who will disappoint. Yeah, so stay tuned for all that. We're going to keep going. We have a few other topics we want to get to on on today's episode, so we're just going to transition from soccer into uh, relocation and baseball and and basketball and kind of talk a little bit about hockey playoffs if time allows. So we're just going to keep moving forward here. Uh, Alan, you sent me a link the other day about the Pelicans maybe wanting to, uh, to move on. Yes. This is according to the bleacher report um, that there talks about relocation. Their lease in new Orleans ends in two years. And 
It is very interesting with New Orleans. Just thinking about that city, you know, like who, to me, they've become more of a Saints town than a Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans have had good players. Absolutely. But I just believe like how they're managed, uh, how they do things. It hasn't, it hasn't panned out and they've, and they've had all stars there, but it has not panned out. And who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if the owner, uh, which is who she also owns the, the saints will want to do that. We don't know. That's the mystery, but I'm not going to be surprised if that happens. If New Orleans does decide to relocate and and see where where this franchise goes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but overall I am against relocation for any team. I think it's a major disservice to the fans that you've built up, the community outreach you've built up. So relocating, I think, is not the best option. Um, Obviously, there are extenuating circumstances like what we got going on with the Oakland A's, which we'll get into in a second. But overall, I just think relocation is a last resort. And so I don't know a lot of the situation with the Pelicans and what's going on in New Orleans. And yeah, it might be more of a Saints town. down south in the United States, it's more of an American football region anyway, um, especially with college, seeing that all those great schools down there with great football teams. But, like, when it comes to relocation, I just think it causes a lot more harm than it can good. Um, so, I'm overall, I'm more against it than I think a lot of people are. I, I can see why. Um, I'm not going to dispute that. But... I'm just like, what what can they do? Like, it's just New Orleans. Like, and look, I never been to New Orleans. Uh, who knows if I'm ever gonna go to New Orleans? I live six hours, seven hours from New Orleans. But it's just like, I don't know if New Orleans would will they want to still keep their team? Mm-hmm. And and really like I know they've built a fan base. But they're just going through a rough patch. And then hearing now that uh, their star player, Zion Williamson, his family saying that they are he's unhappy that, that he should get out of there, that causes concern. It really does. And there are rumors about him not signing his rookie extension, which I think is going to be up next year or two. So I don't know what's going to happen with New Orleans. Um, I do understand the concern of what happens of relocation. Uh, I haven't heard what city council is planning on doing. We'll give that three more years, but seriously, um, New Orleans right now, they're just going through a tough patch, tough rebuilding. And then they just fired their coach which really, I thought this year the Pelicans were going to be a, a heck of a team. Not saying, oh, they're going to win a title, but they're going to make the playoffs. But that didn't happen. So we'll see what they do. I just don't think for now, 
New Orleans may not be ready for a relocation, but if a new owner comes in and wants to shake things up and relocation is one of them, then it will be sad for New Orleans, but but it will be great for another city and and probably sometimes, not all the times, sometimes relocation does does bring in something mm-hmm. in, in, in the team, in the city, and in the fans. So that's all I have to say about the Pelicans and their quest for either relocation or new area or new or just to stay in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it's best if they just stay in New Orleans, but, you know, sometimes relocation has its benefits, like you mentioned. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> we'll give updates as we learn more, um, either through a podcast, emergency podcast episode or uh, a uh, social media update. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on social media for that. But, um, yeah, I think – relocation it does as we're talking about it there's some benefits to it right like i don't know how long the pelicans have been there but they've been there long enough to develop a good fan base they definitely haven't been in new orleans the same amount of time that oakland has the athletics have been in oakland and uh so i think if the pelicans are to move it's going to be um how do I say this nicely? Less harmful than if the A's move. Um, but uh, yeah, let's kind of talk about the A's and that whole situation. We I don't know if we talked about it last time. No, we have not talked about them. We've meant to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to discuss it, get our get our opinions on it. Which I'm I'm set on the on the opinion of they got to move seriously. They got to move Oakland. It's just their infrastructure. It's a mess. I have friends in Oakland. And, yeah, it's just a mess. Seriously, like, city council, like, they let the Warriors go to the to, to the to San Francisco. They got their stadium. The Raiders, they're in Vegas in football. Mm-hmm. Baseball, yeah, I think it's time. It, it will hurt, yes, because the A's – there, there were the first, I think one of the closest to the Raiders as far as getting a franchise, if I'm correct. No, so the, the A's, they started off from Philadelphia. They moved over to Kansas City, the city and then over Kansas to uh, from Kansas City to Oakland. Yeah, but that's been their mainstay, and it's just the Coliseum. Like, I love their Coliseum. never been there. I've had friends that have gone there, but it's just time. It's just time. Oh, the A's. They they have to leave Oakland. Like it's tough. Yes, the the franchise has had outstanding players, Hall of Fame players, greatest teams, but it's it's time to find a new a new home where mm-hmm. you can develop a fan base. Yeah, and that new home might actually be Vegas. Um, I do agree with it. Vegas, that's where I thought first place, Las Vegas. Our uh, friend uh, Braden Toro of Noble Sports Guy, he sent us an article saying that team officials are going to Las Vegas for a second time. So if you're a fan of relocation, that's good news for you guys. But uh, if you're like me and saying, why can't Oakland just 
put something together and agree on this this new stadium. Like, yeah, infrastructure is bad, but if ownership is well, saying, they tried, they tried, and guess what? The city was like, nope, that's on them. Yeah. So like, when the city says no, it's like, and you came up with it, then it's like, okay, they don't want it. Then mm-hmm. what can you do? And and look, if you're a fan and the team put together something, but the city says no, don't go blame it on on the owners of the A's. Go blame it on the city. Oh, for sure. Like, and the worst part is ownership said they were they would be willing to pay for most of what would go on for building the stadium. Now I don't know why they can't just remodel the Coliseum and make it more of a baseball stadium. They could have, but the city said no, and and voila, that's what happened. Las Vegas, they're going to reap the benefits of the A's, and we're better to do it than Las Vegas. I know uh, we had some conversation off, off camera where there's already a minor league team in Vegas. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, it's, it's actually part of the A's organization too, as far as I heard. Oh, okay, and I think that's going to be beneficial, just because like when we had our episode with uh, with Toro, when we talked about expansion, when the Golden Knights came in, they were like, "We want to bring in the, the players who are in the minor league system. We want them in Vegas so that way they can get accustomed to life in Vegas, get accustomed to how the city operates and everything." So that and and even the style, whatever, that when they get to the big leagues, they say the NHL. Oh, perfect! Like I know how it works. No problem. I don't have to deal with like new new city. I'm like I'm here. I know what to do, and I think that's gonna be perfect for the minor any minor leaguers going to Vegas. Like oh, I'm gonna be in Vegas. Okay, I can still play ball, and then if I get to the big leagues. I know I'm not going to go like, oh, I'm, I'm in Frisco or like say I'm in Oklahoma City. This is the Dodgers and I have to go to L.A. No, it'll be like Vegas. You're in Vegas. And that would be, that's huge if the A's do decide to move to Vegas, which I'm going to say it's ninety nine It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to happen. No, I think it's becoming more and more of a real thing as time's moving forward. I just... I don't know. I I just generally feel that relocation for anything sports-wise is bad. Um, like, But it also says more to the way the city has treated the team than the team itself. Like, the Athletics have done everything that they could since they've been there yes. to better their baseball situation there. But the city has continuously turned them down and forced them to play in a stadium that's not built for baseball. And in the end, that says more about the city than it does about the players and the team and the ownership group. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like, they've done a lot. I have an, I have an uncle who's an ace fan and, and all. And it's for him, it will be sad. But also for him, it will be like, Oh, at least I can go to Vegas, watch them play, and if I want to go into the to the machines and to the casinos, I can do that as well. So it'll be a a double for them. So, but yeah, and I think how if they do when they do move to Vegas, I know I've heard some. Oh, but the heat is gonna be tough. Blah blah blah. I'm like, look, 
I also come from the heat. Like you can do a stadium just like the DVACs or heck, just like in Arlington with the Rangers that they, they have the roof retractable that covers it. So if it's like 105, 10 degrees, oh, let's close that down, put in the AC. The players are happy. The fans are happy. We can watch a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. That has always happened. It's been no problem. If it rains, there is it again. But if it's a beautiful day that's not 105, but it's, say, 75, leave it off. Just open it. Mm-hmm. Why not do that? That's, I believe their stadium will look that way, similar to almost how they have it in, in our, the glo- like Globe Life Field. So mm-hmm. I would do it that way. And that solves your, your heat problem pretty much. My response to the heat argument is if we can have a hockey team in Las Vegas, we can have a baseball team. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Like if we can have an ice rink in the middle of the desert, we can have a in both Arizona and Las Vegas. We have a baseball team in Arizona. Might as well put one in Vegas. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I don't see the hold up there. Honestly, yeah, I think it's more real that the A's are going to move. Sadly. Yes. They will move. So, uh, yeah. Um, that's tough. Oakland fans, people in Oakland that listen to us, we're sorry. We think they're going to move. But obviously, you know the situation way better than we do. Um, so if you guys, any questions, comments, or concerns about anything we've said, or you have something you'd like for us to cover, uh, reach out to us at pineapple22media at gmail.com, pineapple22media at our social. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Messages are open. You can easily messages, message us about whatever you would think we would we should cover or you know remember we don't always know the layout of your teams or their situations we we can only get a bird's eye view so uh remember we don't speak we we know the sports we cover we know how to play we style play but we don't necessarily know the inner lanes of these teams the way you guys do so reach out to us let us know um and go from there but uh yeah uh, I think we'll wrap it up here today, Alan. What do you think? Yeah, let's wrap it up. So uh, let's get something going here. As I pull up the song, Alan, uh, let's ride the wave. But uh, we just want to thank everybody for listening to us. It, it means a lot to us. It gives us hope that we can continue this. Mm-hmm. It makes what we do worth it. Um if you guys want to support us more just reach out to us at pineapple 22 media once again see what you can do um or we have a so or sorry we have a patreon page um we have youtube see us there we have a a, a store merch store um links are in our social media bio so just reach out to us there's ways you can support us but the big, biggest thing is listening and share us with your friends that's the biggest thing you can do uh, we may be looking into hosting some Spotify green rooms um, on the network with, and see how that works out. Yeah, see if we we'll, like that. We'll try it out. That way you guys can reach in, write down your questions, comments, or concerns, and we'll try to answer them as, as best possible and, and go from there. We may not know what the inner of your cities, your teams, 
but we do know what we're talking about based on what we get and and we will give you opinions on on your teams your and your situation so keep an eye on that and like i said like Braden mentioned feel free to email us or message us on our social media and we'll gladly respond yeah and just remember as we're able to go back to these social events use your head use common sense if you drink a little don't go crazy um, respect the fe our fellow humans and people that we go to these games with us and most of all respect others absolutely all right everybody we'll ride the wave out of the song here but stay safe and have a good great day